Hello, welcome to Educationally Speaking. My name is Sarah Davis, and I'm a communication specialist with Oakland Schools and the host of this podcast. The goal of Educationally Speaking is to focus on important topics related to education here in Oakland County, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening in. This is the second part of our series where we are interviewing Oakland Schools employees who are helping out their communities. Food and housing insecurities for our students are always something we're concerned about here at Oakland Schools, and we dedicate staff year-round to provide assistance in these areas. But the COVID-19 pandemic has brought these issues even more to the forefront. In the second segment, we will talk about two of our Oakland School staff who are on the front lines working to help those in need of food and shelter. We are here with Lori Atkins, our Oakland School's nutrition consultant. Lori is a national speaker on all things related to childhood nutrition and was recently elected as vice president of the School Nutrition Association. Lori, congrats to you on your recent election. We're so proud to have someone from Oakland Schools representing us on the national level on such an important topic such as childhood nutrition. Thank you for having me, Sarah. So one of the first issues that came up when Governor Whitmer announced that schools would be closing is the realization that there were going to be thousands of students who no longer had regular access to meals. Can you talk a little bit about what impact schools closing had on local children as it relates to childhood nutrition? Well, just to give you a scope of need, about 51% of Michigan students are eligible for free and reduced meals. And in Oakland County, that number is about 30%. So on a typical day when school's in session, Oakland County Food Service Program serves about 100,000 lunch and breakfast meals to kids daily. So when the school closings happened as a result of COVID-19, school food service programs, they knew they had had to act fast uh, to ensure that a food safety net was in place for kids. So we know that any times when school is closed, student access to school meals is cut off. So the unanticipated school closure or the USC Summer Food Service Program was a newly authorized emergency food program from USDA in response to COVID-19. So MDE oversees the program and it's administered by local districts. So the regular Summer Food Service Program, just to give you a by comparison, it traditionally allows students to show up at service sites and consume the meal on site regardless of their eligibility. And the new emergency Uh, summer food service program. Um, Meals are served to kids regardless of their eligibility. And in addition to this, the new program allows parents to pick up multiple meals at one time to take home to their kids. So serving multiple meals on one day, it really helps to reduce the number of times that families have to leave their home um, during the pandemic to get food. Yeah, that's it's a pretty amazing program. And just those numbers you were mentioning, I mean, that's a huge amount of children affected. Yet it seemed like almost as soon as word was given from the governor that schools were closed, there was an immediate local response. Can you talk about what was, what was done? Well, you're right, Sarah. The schools responded swiftly and pivoted quickly from the National School Lunch Program to the new unanticipated school closure program. And they did this literally in 72 hours. So just to give you a a bit of background, on March 11th, the governor declared this uh, state of emergency in our state as a result of COVID-19. The evening of March 12th, the governor announced a three-week closure of schools. And then the very next day on Friday, March 13th, 
Michigan Department of Education held a virtual town hall meeting for uh, school superintendents and food service directors on how they can continue to feed kids under the new uh, unanticipated school closure summer food service program. So many districts immediately went into action and they prepared meals over that weekend so that kids wouldn't miss a meal on Monday. Um, so since then, I'll tell you, Oakland County schools have served over 1.4 million meals in just March and April alone. That doesn't include May. Wow, that's amazing. And that turnaround, I mean, talk about, you know, just stepping up to the plate right away. Yeah, and you, and you might be wondering, too, how Michigan was able to respond so quickly to this crisis. And it's because we've had these crises before. And this seems like a eons ago, but remember last year's polar vortex? Yes. Um, as a result of that, schools were unexpectedly closed for a number of days, and it required schools to take emergency action for meals then. Um, so to prepare for future crisis, um, MDE held trainings back in November, which many of our school districts attended, to prepare them to participate in an unanticipated school food closure program should an emergency occur in the future. So schools were trained, they were prepared, and they swiftly took their current systems and changed them up to um, meet the emergency demand of this new program. So right now, um, all 28 local districts are participating in the unanticipated uh, summer food service program, and um, they are providing meals through the last scheduled day of the school year. Amazing. Uh, where can st uh, students be served this food? I think each district has a site, if that's mm -hmm. correct. And uh, what does it look like for interested families? Well, that's a great question. Um, we actually have over 110 sites in Oakland County, school sites, uh, that families can pick up meals at. Um, so districts have implemented a variety of service models um, which really focus on social distancing um, to safely distribute the meals and to you know, get the food to families safely. So some things that districts are doing are drive-through pickup style. So that's where parents will drive up to a location, typically a school building parking lot, um, to pick up meals and bring them home. And some schools are, um, have recruited the help of bus drivers and they're using school buses to deliver meals to along bus routes and they're meeting parents at the bus stops and distributing meals that way. Um, some districts are doing a pre-order system where um, parents are going online and using Google Docs to Google Sheets and pre-ordering meals, and then they pick them up um, right from a specific location. Um, and most districts, or if not all districts, are providing both breakfast and lunch meals. Um, and some districts are even providing home delivery service for those kids with families that don't have a vehicle or don't have access to a car to, to drive to a location. So some school counselors and some of the, some of the districts have been delivering meals um, directly to uh, needy, needy students that way too. So the food that's served is our uh, typical school fare that we have. And it's, it's wonderful. And their breakfast items include um, cold food items like bowl pack cereal, wrapped bagels, mini pancakes, um, whole grain pastries, um, and of course, a lot of fresh fruit, um, cheese sticks, whole grain crackers, that kind of thing. And then for lunch, uh, school districts have been leaning more into individually wrapped items because that's the most convenient thing to package and send home. 
So things like burritos, individually wrapped pizzas, and some districts have even gotten into um, preparing macaroni and cheese and spaghetti and meat sauce and tacos and other things like that. As, uh, and um, they provide heating instructions for those foods. They're, of course, sent home cold uh, for parents to heat up and serve uh, once they get home. So um, individually wrapped sandwiches, salads, those kinds of things are also being served um, as part of the meal plan. So districts are, are being creative, really, with the stock that they have on hand. So they utilize all the foods um, before anything would expire you know, over the summer, but they're, you know, getting a lot of fresh produce and um, a lot of nice menu varieties being offered to the kids through the program. Yeah, I know I have uh, taken my kids a couple of times to receive the free lunches. And honestly, when I left, I was a little teary eyed. Mm -hmm. We went, it was the Thursday before Easter. And um, so as you mentioned, they were giving away food, not only for that day, but for the weekend so that people had food for Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. Plus each child could pick a toy out and they gave us candy filled Easter eggs. And these women were outside, you know, with gloves and masks. It was a pull up type situation. You just opened, you know, the trunk of your car and they, they put it all in there. But it was a cold, windy day. And um, I was just overcome with the generosity of the food program and those who are volunteering their time to make sure it happens. It was really heartwarming. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that story. And yes, school food service professionals became essential workers overnight uh, with this program. So the shift from serving meals in cafeteria lines to then providing multiple prepackaged meals delivered in an outdoor setting every day really requires a deep bench of, of staff and volunteers. So not all food service staff is able to work right now because of perhaps due to healthcare uh, constraints or even childcare issues. So not all food service staff could report to work and help. So volunteers have joined the food service staff and districts to um, help mobilize and sustain these programs. Um, so the food service workers, the staffs are heroes uh, because they've really put aside their own personal fears to show up and to make this program help uh, others every day. And from and these folks are helping to prepare food in kitchens. They're helping uh, packing and assembling meals in, in the larger cafeteria area. And then the meals are the following day passed out on school buses and in parking lots and all that stuff. So that's where the work is happening. So uh, the essential workers, uh, they're essential because food is essential to the health and well-being of kids every day. Um, so as they say, uh, not all superheroes wear capes, some wear aprons, and that couldn't be truer uh, for the volunteers and staff we have now. Um, it's amazing that the front of, they're doing amazing work, the frontline staff, and they're true heroes, and they're truly critical to the infrastructure of our community uh, and our schools right now. Yes, I completely agree with you. So where can people find out more about this program, maybe where their local pickup site is at? That's another great question. Thank you for asking. So there's a complete list of all Oakland County programs posted on the Oakland Schools resource page, and that's the health and community resource page. And then there's also an online app called Meetup and Eat Up Site Locator. And this is an app that parents can use to find the nearest school meal site that's uh, nearest to their home. So you'd enter in your zip code to find out 
where the closest site is. So you can access the site by texting the word food, F-O-O-D, to 877-877. And the online app will pop up. You put in your zip code and then a, a virtual map will come up showing sites closest to your zip code. Also, that information is posted on the MDE website as well. Um, and you know, districts are also using social media platforms like crazy to get the word out about their programs. Um, districts have also posted um, their service schedule on their website, their child nutrition page, and they've even um, printed schedules that they've passed out at distribution sites. Okay, well, this is truly a wonderful program and you said it's gonna continue through the end of summer, right? Or is there- Yeah, the current, the um, unanticipated summer food service program will uh, go uh, to the very last day of school. Some districts have opted to run it to the last day of June, which would be June 30th, um, but every district's a little bit different. Districts, according to the government governor's um, emergency order, are required to provide meals until the very last day of school. Um, but again, some districts are continuing it past that. And then some districts qualify for the regular summer food service program. Um, districts that do the regular summer food service program um, have 50% or higher free and reduced eligibility during the school year. So not all buildings qualify for the summer regular summer program so um but there's been a lot of folks signing up for that summer program this year and i think we're going to see more programs than we ever have uh, in the past so more to come on that um, we have we our school nutrition association and our state state mde has requested for additional waivers uh, from usda to allow districts to expand and maintain these programs moving forward this summer Excellent. Well, thank you for talking to us, uh, Lori, about this. And um, my pleasure. Thank you. I hope to have you on the podcast again soon. I would love that. Thank you, Sarah. Yep. Thank you. We are here right now with Sarah Orris, Oakland School's Homeless Services Consultant. She works tirelessly all year long to ensure that students that find themselves in a homeless living situation have a seamless educational experience. Working with the local districts to remove any barriers that may be prohibiting the homeless student from being able to attend and fully participate in any in all school activities and experiences. Additionally, Sarah has worked to forge partnerships with many community organizations in order to ensure that families and students in Oakland County have easy access to basic needs such as food, shelter, and personal items as needs arise. Sarah was recently instrumental in putting together an amazing partnership between Oakland Schools, Lighthouse, Gardner White Furniture, Gleaners Food Bank, Oakland Community College, and Oakland University, where all of these organizations came together to help local families who are food insecure. Sarah, thank you for being here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I've been wanting to have you uh, as a guest on here for quite some time, so I'm glad we could finally make this happen. Can you talk a little bit about how this partnership was formed? Absolutely. Um, food insecurity is a major issue here in Oakland County. People are often shocked to hear that Oakland County has more than 65,000 students that qualify for free and reduced meals. And that's a ton of kids that rely on breakfast and lunch at school five days per week. And many of those same students receive meals 
from the districts that provide meals via programs such as Blessings in a Backpack for weekend food as, and meals as well. Last year, the 28 districts in Oakland County, as well as our charter schools, identified over 2,500 homeless students. Those are just the students that the districts know for certain didn't have a permanent place to call home. And that's just a drop in the bucket, as we know that there are many, many students that go unaccounted for. And all of those students often lack resources for food and other personal items. When we heard that the schools would possibly be closing their doors without much notice, I immediately reached out to our partners at Lighthouse and asked what they might be able to do to ensure that the students and families in Oakland County have access to emergency food. We knew that we would be, need more food and resources than we typically need. So we needed to um, remove any barriers that we might find, including removing the barrier for um, the one time per month access to food, as well as expanding um, transportation needs that families might have and removing those barriers, especially given the size of Oakland County. The Lighthouse team worked very quickly to stage a plan to increase the food and distribution capacity in order to try and serve as many families as possible during this time of need. That's pretty amazing. I'm sure there's many, many working parts to putting something like this together. Can you talk a little bit about what role each organization plays in this partnership? Sure. Um, Lighthouse was really instrumental in getting the collaborative effort together. This included getting Oakland University involved as a partner and using the Oakland Center as a staging and packing area for food, using volunteers to deliver food for those families that lack transportation, obtaining a grant from the United Way to purchase additional food, contacting partners from other various parts of the county to use their locations as distribution sites and pickup locations, and then partnering with Gardner White to pick up food boxes that have been packaged with food and delivering them to the locations for pickup. Um, right now, the staging sites and packing um, are done at OU and at Lighthouse and Pontiac, and then they are picked up by Gardner White and delivered to the additional locations around the county. Oakland University um, and their COVID response team there currently have several hundred volunteers that help at various times packing the food boxes, loading them into the vehicles of volunteers, and then delivering the boxes. And then they, of course, have the delivery volunteers themselves that are dropping off at the homes. Um, and they try and do this with no contact to um, ensure the safety for everybody and leaving the food on porches um, or at doors for folks. And then additionally, Lighthouse has volunteers and staff packing the boxes um, and then having them picked up by the Gardner White trucks and then delivering them to Clarkston and Farmington Hills area. Okay, uh, where are the distribution sites? So right now the distribution sites, um, food can be picked up at Lighthouse in Pontiac, Lighthouse in Clarkston, uh, St. David's Food Pantry in Southfield, and then Cares of Farmington Hills. We worked hard to try and find various locations around the county so that folks would have less distance to travel if they're in, um, in say the western part of Oakland County. We tried to um, disperse locations for less travel for families. And so how many people have been served by this partnership so far and how long do you plan to have it last for? Uh, well between Lighthouse and Oakland University 
approximately 5,594 5, households have received food, food assistance in the last eight weeks or so. Um, we are expecting it to last through June, but hopefully we will be able to continue it into the summer months. That's really going to be dependent on funding and the volunteer capacity. That's really amazing. Well over 5,000 families served. Um, I'm glad to hear that so many people are being helped by this effort. And there was also recently a Facebook Live event held by Lighthouse to raise money for these causes, correct? There was, and it was, um, it was really amazing. They, um, it was a huge success. It was a 12-hour live event that included performances by locally and nationally known artists and musicians, as well as interviews from various community partners and supporters. Um, and the event raised $150,000 during their 12-hour campaign. And then additionally, Lighthouse has been running um, a Hand Up campaign. And Hand Up is similar to a GoFundMe, but it's um, specifically for nonprofit organizations that are fundraising for various efforts. And they have um, been running the Hand Up campaign for about eight weeks. And so far they've raised over a million and a half dollars. Um, and the money is going to be used for sheltering um, families and individuals in the county, um, housing needs as we see folks may become evicted with the pandemic and job loss, um, utility assistance, food assistance, and other basic needs that we may see arise um, during the pandemic. Well, all I can say is great job. The impacts of these efforts are obviously far reaching. Oakland Schools is lucky to have people like you on the front lines helping those most in need. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really glad to come and talk to you and share the information and, and the work that's being done around Oakland County to serve the families in need. And if people want to learn more about food distribution or, in need, or, or they are in need of resources, they can go to lighthousemi.org or they can call 248-600-9541, or they can also go to mycovidresponse.org. Any of those avenues will get them connected to resources and they can request food assistance or other basic needs. Okay, great, and we'll put that in our show notes as well, so when people listen to this, they can refer to the notes and, and get that information as well. This podcast was brought to you by Oakland Schools Intermediate School District's Communication Services and produced by Media Production and Distance Learning Manager, Mark Hansen. Oakland Schools is a regional service agency that offers support services to school personnel which are better delivered regionally and provide cost, size, and quality advantages to those we serve. You can find out more information on Oakland Schools at oakland.k12 .mi.us. I have been your host for this podcast, Sarah Davis, and you can find this in future episodes of Educationally Speaking on Anchor FM. We hope you will join us for our next episode where we will continue to bring you topics that affect every student every day.